Well, I thought for a minute I was going to maybe change my sermon to distractions. And then what I really thought is on perseverance. I don't know about you, but I'm wiped out. I'm exhausted watching him, her, whatever it is. But uh, for those of you that don't know, we, we knew about a couple weeks ago that we had a couple visitors in the fellowship hall. And they came out when we were at uh, around Devo time. And uh, the next night I was, we had elders meeting and I was mentioning to the elders and sure enough, after the elders meeting went over, we went into fellowship hall and there they were. Uh, did not realize that he would come, you know, in here. Don't know where they're coming from. I went and looked for him the next day during the daytime. Not very hard, but I did go, go and, and, and look for them. All right. So. We all know how important family is, and some of us are blessed with great families, and when we think of family, we get a very positive feeling, a positive reaction. Others, not so much. You know, family may be a difficult topic uh, because of their experience in their lifetimes. But the Bible talks a lot about family, and Jesus talked a lot about family, but One of the things that Jesus talked about are are some of the most difficult passages to interpret from Jesus are some that deal with family. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 20 and 20, beginning verse 20, it says, Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father and I'll follow you. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. It's a little difficult. Then over in chapter 10, beginning in verse 34, Jesus says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves a son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then you'll remember in Luke chapter 14... I don't know why, I just always remember that when we were doing the story, no, it was when we were doing uh, fan or uh, follower, that uh, this happened to be the for Mother's Day. Luke chapter 14, you get verse 25. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be... My disciples. And so those are, out of context at least, very difficult passages for us to understand. Because we know that the Bible talks about family. We know that the Bible talks about honoring our father and mother. We know that Jesus scolded the Pharisees because they they used their religion as an excuse not to take care of their parents. 
We have the beautiful analogy in, in Ephesians chapter 5 of husbands and wives and, and how that's like Christ and the church. And we realize that we have responsibilities within the family and that God invented the family. So God cannot be anti-family. And yet Jesus comes along and, and says some things like this. And it, it's a little perplexing. But we understand it, don't we? That the point Jesus is trying to make is that our relationship with him has to be so all in that it trumps any of the earthly relationships we have. Should we love our mother and fathers? Yes. Should we love our spouses? Yes. Should we love our children? Yes. Should we love them more than God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Our relationship with God has got to be the most important relationship of all. And he uses that word hate, hate mother and father. And we talked about this when we looked at those verses. And I think what Jesus is just saying is, is, is that it shouldn't even be close. It's not, I love God and I love my father and mother right there. Our love for God ought to be so overwhelming that even our closest human relationships are so far down the list that you could almost call it hate. Now, we wouldn't call it that, but that's what Jesus said. And then we see, and brings us to tonight's lesson, in Mark chapter 3, beginning in verse 31 through 34. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Jesus is teaching. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. We need, as we talked about, that God is pro-family. I don't think Jesus was being disrespectful to his mother or to his brothers. But he was trying to make a point. First of all, our priorities, in our priorities, even family comes second to our relationship to God. And second, in many ways, our spiritual family is even closer than our physical family. You see, especially at this point in time, we know that his brothers didn't believe him. His brothers did not believe his claims. His brothers did not believe he was who he said he was. Mary may have even been confused. I don't know. But what Jesus is saying here is there are those out there who are my flesh and blood. But you people in here who want to do God's will, you are my real family. Now, I've said this before. I am blessed because the majority of my physical family is also a part of my spiritual family. But for many of you, that's not true. For many of you, your spiritual, your physical family is not part of the spiritual family. 
and you understand the concept that, yeah, we do have a physical family and our physical family is important, but there are certain aspects about our spiritual family that are even stronger than what we have in our earthly and physical family. And that's what Jesus, the point that I believe that Jesus is trying to get across. Our spiritual family is unique because of the things that we have in common. And that's kind of what I want us to look at a little bit tonight. First of all, we share a common experience. We sing that song, we're part of a family that's been born again. Well, that is something that is remarkably special. Now, when you were born into your family, your physical family, you may have had siblings who were born as well, but none of you made that choice to be born. None of you made that choice to be born into that family. It's just the way it was. But our spiritual family, we choose to be born into it. We have something in common, even though we are different. Our relationship with God brings us into a relationship with each other. You know, look around the room a little bit. It's okay, you can really do it. The bat's gone, you know. If it were not for our relationship with God, would we have the relationships we have with each other? We are some different folk, if you hadn't noticed. We have different interests. We have, we have, there are a million differences between all of us in here. And outside of our relationship with God, we might not ever have any kind of relationship with each other. But because of our relationship with God, we do. Because we have a common experience. God is our father. Jesus is our brother. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. We have shared in that salvation experience. And over the years, because we share that experience, we share other experiences. We share joys. When we're happy. When things go good in our lives, we share them with each other. And we rejoice with one another. And when there's sorrows, we share those as well. And we're able to be there for one another. It is a unique bond that is forged under intense circumstances. You may be shocked about this, but I was watching National Geographic or the History Channel or the Military Channel or I don't even remember what channel it was. But it was a a special, not really a documentary, but... uh, uh, It was a group of men who were trying to find the wreckage of the USS Indianapolis. And for those of you that don't know, the USS Indianapolis was a a naval ship that sunk right at the end of World War II. And it was carrying, it had a very special secret mission. It was carrying the nuclear bomb. From Pearl Harbor, I believe, to wherever in the South Pacific that it was then going to be put on the plane and then eventually dropped. And so that was such a secret mission that when the Indianapolis did not show up at port, nobody worried about it. Because nobody knew it was supposed to be there anyway. And for 
four days, I think it is, the men who survived the initial torpedo attack were in the water. Many of them drowned. Many of them were eaten by sharks. Many of them just chose to drift away and never be seen again. And this was all about the, uh, the people who, the salvage people who were going to try and locate the USS Indianapolis on the floor. And they did, by the way. Pretty awesome. But they had some of the crew that had survived with them. And you could tell the bond that those people shared together. Because they had been through a common experience. Beyond anything any of us could ever imagine or understand. We share those kind of experiences with one another. We share our salvation experience. We share our sorrows. We share our good times. And because of that we have a bond that holds us together. That is even stronger than our physical family. Secondly, we share common interests. Now, as I mentioned, we can look around the room and we have a variety of interests out here. Some of you are antique people. Good, good for you. Not, not so much. Now, there are a few special old things that I might like, but in general, just antiques, not not so much. Some of you, maybe, I'm not sure. Some of you are exercise freaks. Good for you. Yeah. Not so much me. You know, most of you, that I like to play golf. And many of you are out there going, good for you. That's the stupidest game I ever saw. You hit that little white ball and you got to hit it again and you got to hit it again. Yeah, got to find it first. You're right. (laughs) In my case, or not, you just kick it out, you know, drop another one and pretend, you know, that's why you carry a whole bunch of balls in your pocket. So all different, some of you knit and sew and, you know, draw and hunt and fish and all those different things. But as a family of God, even though we have all those outside interests, There are some interests that we share, some spiritual interests. We have a common interest in worship. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we were here this morning. Because we have a common interest to worship God and encourage each other as we worship God. I got to tell you, I I I was amazed at how well... We sang and concentrated with the bat going on. I was pretty impressed with that. Right up to the end where he flew out the door and 90 people went to close the door. We held it together pretty good right up to that point. Why? Because I think we were more interested in worshiping than we were the bat that was flying around. Now the bat was interesting. But we were more interested in worship. We have the common interest in serving. God has called us as a church family to serve one another and to serve the world around us. And so we 
pool our resources and we serve in the ways that we can. And that's why it is so good that we have different abilities. We have a common interest, but we have different abilities. And because we have those different abilities, we can achieve that common interest. If all of us in here, we talked about this in the high school class this morning. If everybody in here had the exact same talent, we wouldn't get a lot done. But we got people with a wide variety of talents who have a common interest in serving those around us. We have a common interest in learning, understanding God's word. You know, I know that there, there are some of you in here who are chronologically mature. Old. I know what you're thinking. Me too. Yeah, okay. You have been studying the Bible your whole life. You've been studying your Bibles 50, 60, 70, 80. Got any 90-year-olds in here? Not this morning, or not tonight, I don't think. But a long time. There are many of you in here who know way more Bible than I do. And yet you come to study. You come to learn. We come to share with each other our knowledge. And that's important. It's because we have that interest to always be wanting to know more about God. It doesn't matter how much we know or how much we think we know. There's always something else to be learned. How many times I know you've had this same. I know I have and I've told you about it and I know you have too. You can read the same story that you've read your entire life. And all of a sudden, something new pops out. Something you've never seen before. So we have that common interest in learning. We have that common interest in teaching others. Whether it be in our Bible classes or whether it be in the community, reaching out to other people, we have that, that, that interest in carrying the gospel to all nations. These common spiritual interests help to make us into a true spiritual family. You see, the interests that we can share with people out in the world, hunting, fishing, golf, antiquing, whatever the case may be, in the big grand scheme of things, what difference does it make? What, what, what difference is it going to make in the grand scheme of things? But the interests that we share as a spiritual family make deep and lasting impacts on lives for not just here, but for eternity. You know, you can have the most noble job in the world. You can be a great brain surgeon the greatest brain surgeon in the world and you can save people's lives and you can you can keep people from dying 
physically. But all you've done is postpone. What we are about as a church family is saving lives eternally. And so that interest is important. Thirdly, we share a common obedience. I was going to use the word holiness, which would work as well. We are diverse in many ways, but we are brought together by a devotion to God's will and God's word. Peter reminds us that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We should have a common desire and goal. That common desire and goal should bring us together with a resolve to help each other reach our spiritual potential. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in an awful situation. They'd been plucked from their homes. They'd been carried off into Babylon. And there they were. And here the king comes. And, and says, you're going to be special and you've got to eat this food. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego say, well, uh, we can't eat that food. And they resolve together not to do what the king had told them to do. A little later on, the king builds a giant statue, idol. and says, everybody's going to bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Even to the point of being put into the fiery furnace. And we are surrounded by a world that is becoming increasingly anti-God. And anti-Christian. And atheistic. And amoralistic. Is that right? Sounded good. So we need each other to help remind ourselves that we are not like that. We have been called to be holy. We have been called to be different. We have been called to not act like the rest of the world acts. And we need to hold one another accountable. And we need to encourage each other to stay on that straight and narrow, to stay on that holy path, to become more and more Christ-like every day in our lives. Expecting and helping each other live up to the family name is a part of being a true spiritual family. And fourthly, we share a common destiny. You see, that's... That's where the rubber meets the road, as they say. Because our physical family, our ties to our physical family, will end when this earth ends, when Jesus returns. But the ties that we have as a spiritual family will go on forever. We've been in the book of Hebrews talking about encouraging each other. Why do we encourage each other? We encourage each other because what is waiting for us at the end is greater than anything that can be getting us down right now. And so we want to encourage each other and be there as a family for each other because I don't want to miss any of you. 
We sing that song, right? When we all get to heaven. That's my favorite song. I, I love that song. Of course, I think every time I mention a song, it's my favorite song. Kind of like my favorite verse. Kind of like from my favorite food. Whatever's in front of me, that's my favorite food. But when we all get to heaven, the day that'll be, the day of rejoicing, that'll be. And the, the destiny that we have eternally, the destiny that we have spiritually, is greater than any destiny we have here in this life. Whether it's going on some trip, whether it's retiring, whether whatever it is, the destinies that we seek in this life are nothing compared to the destinies that we have in heaven. It is a long journey with many pitfalls and challenges. And that is why there are those verses that tell us about encouraging one another. We cannot get sidetracked along the way. When I was a kid, I can only remember taking one family vacation. And that family vacation, because we were always moving. Moving in the summertime was our family vacation. So we, we, we'd been in Colleen for a couple of years. We weren't going to move. And so we we're going to go on a family vacation. We're going to Disney World. We were gonna go, actually, we were going to stop in Clearwater, Florida for a few days first. Hang out at the beach. And then we we're going to go to Disney World. And so we drive along the way. And I don't know if it was before the interstate or whatever, you know. But everywhere, every exit in Florida had some kind of tourist trap. Alligator farm, snake farm, you know, whatever. It was always, and you know, me and my sister, every time we'd see the, whoo, alligator farm, let's stop and go to the alligator farm. But I was like, no, we, we're going, you know, we're going to Disney World. Oh, I want to stop at the alligator farm. Want to stop at the snake farm? Then to me and my sister, we would have never made it to Disney World. We'd have been out of money, <laughs> out of gas, you know, out of time. But my dad kind of kept us focused. Now, there's a side to that story. We never made it to Disney World. We got the clear water. And we were enjoying being on the beach so much. And at that time, Disney World wasn't like it is today where you buy one ticket and then you ride all the rides. Then you had to buy tickets. And the lady that owned the hotel condos where we were staying basically convinced my parents that they didn't want to waste all that money at Disney World. And she would give us a special rate on two more days at the beach. In the condo. So we never made it. So my dad got distracted. See, he got distracted by all the money he was saving. And I never made it to Disney World. Well, actually I did a hundred years later. But but there are so many things to sidetrack us in this life. That's what our, our lessons in Hebrews have been about. Essentially, our writer has been telling us, don't get sidetracked. Keep your focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because the destiny that we have is greater than anything this earth has to offer. As I said, for some of us, we are doubly blessed. Because our physical family is a part 
of our spiritual family. For others, this is our true family. You know, I've mentioned this before, but I love my parents. And I love my sister. But I don't see my sister very often at all. She lives in Memphis and now her, her, her daughter lives in Florida where the grandbaby is. So they're going that way to their grandbaby and we're here with our grandbaby. And, you know, we just don't see each other much. There are people in this room that I am closer to than my own sister. There are people in this room that I am closer to than even my own parents. Because for the last 32 years, some of you have been my parents. Melba's my other mother. When my mother used to call, she'd say, oh, this is the other mother. And it's not because you're so great. That probably came out wrong, didn't it? (laughs) But it's because of what we share together. It's because of the shared experiences we have. It's because of the shared interest. It's because of the shared holiness. It's because of the shared destiny, the common destiny that we have. That's what brings us together. And that's what makes us a spiritual family. And so we want to hold on to that. We want to encourage one another. If you're here this evening, we can help you in any way. We invite you to come down as we stand and as we sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903 645 If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.